such sights to show you. Hello, and welcome to the Sirens of Scream, the podcast that knows, beyond all doubt, that sometimes dead is better. I am Melissa Meekin, and I'm sharing the mic with my devilish co-hosts, Jackie DeVore and Sierra Houck. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, it was May of 2016 when the show debuted, uh, which kind of shocked me. I didn't realize it had been that long. I had a need to talk about more spooky things, and none of the shows I hosted at the time filled that, so I decided to invite two of my longest-running internet pals who also shared my love for horror to make something new with me. And Sirens of Scream was born, and we've been growing it and mutating it ever since. <laughs> it's a horrible, uh, twisted child. <laughs> it is. But we love it. <laughs> the next phase of evolution is upon us, friends. This will be our last episode as the OG Sirens of Scream. It's true. After which we plan to take a little hiatus to get through the holidays. Uh, not the one holiday that we all yearn for, but those other ones that are too bright and colorful. <laughs> when we return, we will have such sights to show you. And in the meantime, keep a close eye on our social media accounts because we will be there sharing good stuff. Probably even a few sneak peeks into what's coming next. So... For now, let's get on with the show. That sounds so ominous, but we promise it's going to be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did it sound ominous? A little bit. <laughs> I couldn't help myself but fill it with, uh, with fun horror quotes. So, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's why it sounded a little om more ominous than I thought. <laughs> no, I think it's more that it's you know, we're ending. The sirens of scream as our listeners know it without telling them what's coming next. Yeah. Uh, as I said uh, to the ladies right before we started recording, and I think this is a, actually a perfect way to say it, is I feel like I'm sending my child off to college. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the sirens of scream is going to college <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> let's do what we do and share some shit that we've been enjoying, because um, that's what we're here to do, instead of scare everybody talking about something new that's happening that we can't tell you. <laughs> uh, Sierra, why don't you start us out tonight? Okay. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is called A Nasty Piece of Work. Um, it's a movie on Hulu. It's part of that series that Bloomhouse does, where they... Um, do a, a seasonal movie every month, uh, which we've talked about on the show before. And this month is a, a holiday party themed horror movie that's very like more psychological. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, more like about power dynamics and um, the basic kind of uh, synopsis is like this guy is trying really, really hard at his job. He's trying to get a promotion. He's trying to get a leg up. He's like, constantly sacrificing things for his job like that kind of classic um scenario and the the head of the company is this like super eclectic like weird um kind of menacing man um so the he thinks he's going to get like a christmas bonus and it turns out that they aren't going to get christmas bonuses this year and it's like this big horrible um uh, revelation and you know he's like well why did I bust my ass for you guys oh, that um, sucks. but then the the head of the company says well you know I've had my eye on you and I really appreciate everything you've been doing this year so I want to invite you over to my house for our our holiday dinner and he's like okay this is in I'm in it it finally you know everything has everything has like come to this yeah and he he gets in he and his uh, wife go to the house and it's just him and his main rival, this like really douchey guy who's like dumb and totally would not, you know, be able to run a company, um, but is like the perfect child that everybody loves. Um, and, you know, he, only he can see that this guy is horrible. And then basically the the head of the company and his wife are just batty like they uh, they kind of terrorize them the whole night and it goes in really kind of crazy directions. Um, and you kind of, it plays with the like, is this real or are they just fucking with them? And, like <laughs> the characters don't really know if it's real or not. Um, and it escalates like really quickly. Um, but it's a really fun, uh, kind of sinister psychologically horror movie. Nice. 
This one is constantly popping up on the suggestion thing on Hulu for me. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't checked it out yet, but I, <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, I oh, got to I it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I feel like um, sometimes I have to be in the right mood for the the Bloomhouse movies. But this one was one that we turned on and like Tucker was sitting there not really paying attention to it. And then by like, you know, half an hour in, he was like totally invested in it. It was just one that like <laughs> was really fun to watch. I love things like that. Right. Um, then the other one, um, we went and saw Knives Out recently, which is not. What's that one? I oh really want to see this. It's so good. It's a whodunit kind of movie, but not so much a whodunit, but a how how they done it. Okay. It's Rain Johnson's latest film. He did the um, the latest Star Wars movie. Okay. And it has uh, Daniel Craig in it. It has um, Captain America. Chris, whichever Chris Chris that one is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the Chris's. <laughs> mm-hmm. It has um, Christian Plummer. Is that his name? God, I'm terrible at names. There's a, a lot of people really in this movie. Characters. Yeah, it's like hard to go through um, and rattle all of them off. But it's it's really, it feels like Clue, like a game of Clue. Nice. You kind of find out what happened in the, the how the murder happened. Um, kind of early on in the movie and then you're thinking like well what are they going to do for the rest of the movie like it's (laughs) they they showed all their whole hand but then um the story progresses like unfolds really interestingly and the characters are super fun so even though it's not like bloody horror um it felt it felt very much like a murder mystery kind of thing that's fun oh it was so much it was so much fun i liked Uh. it a lot Michael Shannon is in this. I love him. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh. And Tony Collette. And uh, apparently Don Johnson. Wow. <laughs> Quite the cast. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I think you like it a lot. Jackie, yeah, I'm going to throw it to you next because you have a pile of stuff that you want to talk about. And one of the things on your list, I'm very excited to hear your input on because we haven't talked about it in a long time. Um, so first of all, um, I played through um, Until Dawn which is a video game. Uh, I know it's on PS4. I don't know what else it's on. Is that the one that's like the cabin? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like a, uh, it's, it's, it is a cabin, but it's also, it's a mansion, like a lodge uh, up on a mountain. Um, But it's a bunch of teenagers fucking around in a lodge um, that their millionaire friends, parents own. And, uh, two twin sisters get killed like right off the fucking bat like before the opening credits even happen and uh a year later they meet up at the cabin with the twins brother for their like it was their yearly getaway that they were there for originally and that that happened the whole death thing happened at so a year later they went back there to kind of honor the death and like check in with the brother and just kind of be together and kind of put some closure to everything there. And um, shit goes very wrong for them in that very secluded cabin up at the top of the mountain in the middle of winter. And uh, there's like a lot of Native American um, lore kind of strung through there. And, uh, Stuff about creatures living in the woods going on, stuff about hauntings going on, a lot of things creeping up on you going on. Um, But it's one of those games that uh, has different choices or different paths for every choice that you make. Ooh, that's fun. I love those kinds of games. And there are probably like around a dozen characters, but apparently... There are ways in which every single character can live or die um, by the end of the game. Like, there are so many different outcomes to the game. Like, there are hundreds of outcomes to the game. Wow. So, I've only played through it once, but I really want to play through several more times. Mm-hmm. See how different it could be. Yeah, like, now that I've made some choices, I've really, like, i even after making those initial choices, I was like, fuck, I should have done that differently. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I really want to go through and just, you know, you know, fuck up different ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it it is really interesting. It actually has a uh, 
quite an interesting cast, too. Uh, Hayden Panettiere is in it. Oh, save the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Rami Malek is also in it, and he's bizarre and great, as usual. You know, his brand, basically. It's a very <laughs> it's a very strange and interesting game, but it's a lot of fun to go through. And it's very much one of those games that's more like a movie that you're watching and just kind of choosing. It's a choose-your-own-movie kind of thing. So I enjoyed it. I tried playing this, like, I think, like, two years ago, right? It's a couple years. It's a few years old now. Yeah. Um, I think I tried playing it, like, two years ago, and I played... I played some of it <laughs> i feel like i made it as far as like maybe going into the basement or something yeah and then it just it it was really hard for me to get through because it's just too much jump scares for me and then you know i'm big sissy so i was like oh there there's a lot of jump scares in it <laughs> yeah i would just be like okay am i supposed to go down the hall and then it would take me like five minutes to go down the hall because i'm scared too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i never went back and finished it but i had fun with it while i was playing it <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, we had actually had it for quite a while, and Drew has been trying to get me to play it for a long time. And finally, he's like, you have to play this game. And I'm like, haven't we already played that already? And he picked up the game, and he's like, it is still in the plastic wrap. No, we have not <laughs> played this game. And I'm like, fine, put it in. I can't, I look at it every now and then, and I think, you know, I should go back and work on that game some more. But I'm so, like, it makes me too jumpy, so I have to have somebody with me when I play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing I want to mention is 112263, which is... um. Only vaguely horror, uh, but it's based on a Stephen King novel. Um, this is with James Franco and uh, Sarah Gaydon, who, if you don't know who Sarah Gaydon is, she's uh, she plays the character Gay in uh, Letterkenny. And I feel like she's having um, a moment right now. She's she's like starting to get into bigger and bigger name things, and I feel like she's having like her Rachel McAdams moment right now. 112263 is about a man who kind of loses everything that really matters to him in the present and um, goes to talk to his friend who uh, owns a diner in this town that he lives in. And his friend just <laughs> kind of casually tells him that he has a hole to um, a space in the past in the closet of his diner. And, of course, he's like, well, you, obviously, you're fucking kidding me. This is stupid. What are you talking about? So he goes through the closet, and suddenly he's in 1963. No, I think he's several years before that. He's he's back in the past, like several decades in the past. Um, but the point of him going into the past, as his friend tells him, is to go and stop JFK from being murdered. Like, there are rules to this when he comes back uh, through the, the time warp, everything. He can't go back again or everything gets reset, that sort of stuff. And um, so he can't go back and forth, back and forth sort of thing. He only can go back once and then come back again and then leave it. <laughs> you know, everything he touches, obviously, is going to have an effect in the future. All this, you know, typical time travel nonsense and this all is predicated on the assumption that he is going to stop the assassination of Kennedy and what that's going to do for the future in America in keeping Kennedy in power. That's just making a lot of uh, rules and then breaking them. I right? know, right? <laughs> so it's interesting. And James Franco is the main character here. There are some complicated feelings about James Franco these days. Mm -hmm. But he's he's good in this. I mean... He's not a bad actor. Tucker and I started watching that one and we didn't finish it, but I think it was only because the episodes are pretty long and it, we were just in the, one of those like phases of like, I just want to watch like 24 minute sitcom shows <laughs> right now, like popcorn shows. I don't want to like sit down and watch a whole movie length show. We were just getting into a where the time travel was really starting to affect reality around him. And that was cool. Yeah, there another one of the rules was that, you know, time will fight you when you start changing things, which was interesting. <laughs> one thing that I uh, really noticed about it 
in in terms of like the pacing and how it really comes across is that it's something that doesn't really suck you in. It's not the kind of thing that you really want to sit there and binge. Uh, But for somebody who obsessively multitasks like I do, it's one of those shows that it's great for me because it's one of those shows I can put on and, you know, I can sit there and paint. I can sit there and, you know, work on something um, and feel like I'm not missing a lot in this show. So that that worked for me. But if you really need something that engrosses you into the universe, that's not going to be it. <laughs> it's just that's just not going to be your thing. Um, but I did really enjoy some of the world building that they created um, with the plot there. I don't want to say too much more without, you know, getting into spoilers, but some of the world building that they created later on in the series was really interesting. Nice. That's one that I will have to go back to someday. I think you'll like it toward the end. It it gets it does get better toward the end. But yeah, what you're saying about like it's hard, it doesn't suck you in, I think was probably what I was feeling. Now, if you do want a series that will suck you in, you guys cannot stop me from mentioning <laughs> this again. <laughs> the, the Expanse's fourth season just came out, and The Expanse is very much a sci-fi horror kind of show. Have become one of those people that rambles about it. I'm not even sorry about it. I don't even feel a little bit bad about it. Is it like you're you're the wire now? Yeah, it fucking is. <laughs> it really is. And I I gotta tell you when uh when my husband first uh watched the show and started reading the books, he was this person, and I. I don't I don't believe in actual violence, but I wanted to smack the man. <laughs> and now I'm this person and I want to smack myself sometimes, but I'm also not sorry. This is easily the best sci-fi that has come out in honestly probably decades. Um, it is so engrossing. The world building is just incredible. Uh, the elements of horror that are uh, sewn in between these plots is just so incredibly well done. It is so well built up. Uh, that you you honestly don't even realize it's happening until you're just like on the edge of your seat wondering, oh, holy shit, what is going to happen next? The world building is so rich and incredible um, that you can really imagine these people growing up in the outer bands of space and, you know, what that might be like for them. I mean, they they literally have scars from how they grew up in this particular environment. They have their own language, all this all this kind of stuff, and it's just so well thought out. I've watched through the series itself too many times for how long it's been out. Too many times. Uh, the fans of the show are such rabid fans that when it was uh, about to be canceled, and it was only going to be canceled because of how much money it costs sci-fi, uh, they built a replica ship, not to size, obviously, just a small replica ship, and sent it into space as like a promotional, somebody please pick up the expanse kind of thing. They basically stalked Amazon reps uh, with messages written in the sky saving, say, uh, saying save the expanse. Like... This was some real love for the show here. This is like some Firefly fans on uh, Coke level. Mm, Firefly <laughs> flies with a lot of resources. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I mean, this is easily one of my favorite shows that has come out. And um, I, I, I can't express how much I love it. We actually just finished the fourth season the other day. And it just came out a couple days ago. <laughs> and it was it was fantastic. It wasn't my favorite season, but it, it was it was very good. You like that uh, that episode of Portlandia when oh. they watch uh Battlestar oh, Galactica for the first time. Oh I like stop paying their bills and stop going to work and just like close themselves up in the house until they finish. I may have asked Drew, are you sure you have to wake up early tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure you have to go into work at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) What are you watching it on now? Uh, It's on Amazon. Uh, Amazon picked up the series, um, which is great because they just threw money at them and they can curse as much as they want. Um, which sounds like a stupid thing to be excited about, but uh, one of these particular characters is very foul-mouthed, and uh, 
she uses this ability in a very feminist kind of way. <laughs> um, and I love it. <laughs> Do they have the other uh, seasons on Amazon? Yes, all of them. Okay, so you could binge them. Next up is something that you guys, I'm sure you're going to be proud of me for. This is the one I'm excited to hear your, your input on. <laughs> uh, I finally watched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And I know we've talked about it before. I believe it was on our 60 days. I might have put it on there. Yeah, yeah. You mean 30 days? 30 days. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just expanding October like we do. (laughs) I didn't expect it to be that funny. I really had no idea it was going to be funny at all. It was absolutely hilarious and charming. And I adored this movie. It was fantastic. I don't remember it being funny. (laughs) Really? No, it was hilarious. (laughs) She was so cute and clever. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Maybe you need to rewatch it. Was it the part when she stalked people in the dark? Or was it the part when she tore their faces off that we thought was hilarious? But she was <laughs> so funny about it. She was, she was like mimic. But she did it in like a charming way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I do need to rewatch this movie because that's, that's not the reaction I thought you'd have. Really? Oh my god! I, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised. Sierra, did you think it was funny? I haven't seen it. Oh my god, Sierra! Oh, <laughs> Jackie's just like, I know, I know. I should have watched it so long ago, and I'm just like, oh. Sierra's like, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. <laughs> okay, whoopsies. Next is when I just finished. This morning, actually. Uh, Daybreak. Uh, This is on Netflix right now. Have you guys seen this yet? No. No. Okay. It's about a bunch of uh, teenagers living in the zombie apocalypse. And um, it's really funny. It's a really funny concept. Um, A... Basically, a bomb goes off and uh, some kind of biological agent comes out that only affects adults. And the adults are these uh, mindless zombies who are walking around repeating their very last thought. So, like, there's this one woman who goes around repeating, there's a 30% off sale at Lululemon. There's a 30% (laughs) off sale at Lululemon. (laughs) And uh, they attack, you know, anything that's alive. So there's a, just a bunch of kids. It's it's horror, but it's it's much more a comedy than anything. Um, a bunch of kids just trying to stay alive and also fight each other to the fucking death in the in the apocalypse with all these zombies. And it's very well written, very well done. Um, it also has a uh, Matthew Broderick in it, oh. which is interesting. Where's he been? I know. Um, apparently, we hanging out with zombies. Um, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's definitely the kind of uh, thing you can get through fast. And it's it's very interesting. I, I really like their twist on the zombie story. I, I like things that can take the uh, zombie narrative and do something new with it. Since, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen them done to death by now. And back, I guess. I always appreciate that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lastly... Uh, The Terror Season 2. Don't spoil this. Okay. So neither of you have seen this yet? Nope. Not the second season. All right. But I will. Okay. Let me me consider my wording here. (laughs) I haven't seen season one. Well, they're they're vastly different. Season one was about the the exploration of the Northwest Passage and how uh, the ship's Namely, the terror got stuck in the ice for like 18 months or something wild. Um, The season two is about uh, the Japanese internment camps during World War II. What? Okay. Completely unrelated to the first season. Oh, yeah. Very completely unrelated. Uh, George Takei uh, is in season two, and uh, it was a huge passion project for him. He was actually in the Mm -hmm. internment camps when he was a child he doesn't play a huge part in the story but he played a huge part in the production of the season it's phenomenal it is fucking phenomenal um the plot line follows a young man who um is in love with uh a woman who is not japanese 
Uh, so, of course, his parents don't approve. Her parents don't approve. And when uh, everything goes wrong and uh, with politics and they start routing up Japanese people and, uh, you know, cataloging them and putting them in camps and everything, um, his relationship with this woman becomes an issue as well. Uh, while this is happening, he believes that he is uh, being haunted and followed around by a yore, uh, a, which is a, a Japanese ghost uh, or a demon, rather, that can possess people and make things really interesting in the bad way. I'm just going to cut to the chase and say that there is some kind of uh, supernatural happenings here and that the way that they are done is so fucking incredible that I can't get over it. Like, I honestly, like, I finished watching this like a week or so ago, and I really want to go back and watch it again because I can't stop thinking about how wonderfully it was done. Like, everything about it, I fucking want to come back to this conversation after you guys watch this. Oh, my God. I'm so mad we can't talk about it right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, we we will definitely, like, I'm going to push you guys to watch this and we will definitely come back to this conversation because there are so many different elements to this that are just amazing. Like, it's so layered in the way that they handle uh, what's happening in the world, what's happening with all the politics here and how all of these people are being treated, uh, what's happening with uh, all these uh, Japanese superstitions and how... Um, the soldiers in the internment camp are handling um, the superstitions of the people that they are looking after, mm-hmm. uh, how these superstitions come into their lives, how they're portrayed on screen. It's just every little detail is just so beautifully done and done with care. And it's just absolutely incredible. And I'm just dying for you guys to see it. You're going to absolutely love it. I do love Japanese ghosts. And want to, like, know more about that. When I was watching it, I legit was thinking, oh, my God, I hope Sierra is seeing this because she's going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was Jared Harrison again? No. I'll definitely be seeing season two because I liked season one a lot. Season one was great, but I think season two was, like, so much better, honestly. And I had no problem with season one. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so excited. So, speaking of Japanese ghosts, uh, have you guys seen the trailer for The New Grudge? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, We've talked about this. I've talked about this. The the last Grudge movie that came out. Not the sequel, but the the American version of the first Grudge movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I've talked about it on the show because when we have conversations about our biggest fears and things that we have problems with, uh, The Grudge is mine. (laughs) Um, that movie scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sarah Michelle Gellar was in it in 2004. Oh. It's, it was originally a Japanese, uh, film, but they, um, remade, it's called Ju-On. They re- they made an American version. Uh, so it's about Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's like a, a nurse and she has to go to this house um or she's supposed to take care of she's supposed to like close up this house and like take care of a house where someone passed away and there are the two ghosts that you see in the grudge are this girl that is like hiding in the back of a closet yeah um and she has like the long black hair and that mm-hmm. face and then there's a little boy who's always like curled up in the corner of the room staring at you yeah and yeah, I don't know. This movie shouldn't have shook me the way it did, but it shook me. And mm-hmm. she just and the ghost makes this sound. She makes this like uh, she makes this sound like that. So like every time like she's every time she's like around, then you hear that this like deep like throat gurgling sound. That just makes me think of like I feel like they use that in video games now a lot of like you know they're here because you're starting to hear the sound. Yeah, I well, wonder and- if that's why it like resonates with you the whole i don't know like well i mean i think this this and the ring were kind of like the beginning of that whole thing you know with like you know obviously japanese and uh korean horror have been around for a long time 
But those were kind of like the beginning of like American, like use the girl with the long black hair, scary mm-hmm. Japanese thing. Um, but I don't know. It just scared the bejesus out of me because it was like between the sound and like there was this like closet that had like a kind of like an at like a hole in it, kind of like an attic up there. And and the, the there were always like the ghosts were always like peering down out of the hole in the corner of this closet. <laughs> right. I remember the eye in the hole thing. Yeah. Oh, it just, it just shook me and I couldn't, um, and it wasn't the feet under the sheet, but I think you are remembering there's a moment in the grudge, which really got to me where, um, she is in bed and she lifts the sheet up and the face is underneath the sheet, like in bed with her. Oh, that's so nasty. And I couldn't, yeah. I'm like, that breaks all the rules. You know, (laughs) That was That's 2004. The the, supposed to be able to hide is under the blanket, right? right? right. And the ghost was in, in the bed. That's like, the safe place. <laughs> oh, that's so oof. Yeah. So that movie, that movie got under my skin so badly that like I couldn't. I I never saw the sequel. There was a sequel to it. <laughs> like I couldn't even look. I tried to look at the website one time because I thought maybe it would get it out of my head if I saw like behind the scenes stuff but it didn't it made it worse because like in the scene in the the (laughs) website you have to like go into the house and then like look in the mirror and then you see the stairs in the mirror and then the sound Mm -hmm. starts and i'm like fuck no (laughs) turn my computer (laughs) off (laughs) so all of that is a long roundabout way to tell you that now um they have decided to make a new version of the grudge and now is it a remake or is it like a continuation or it's not a remake because it seems like it's a different, a very different story, but with the same premise of the ghosts. Okay. So it's like a reboot. Yeah. Like the main story around the ghosts in this, in this thing, um, which stems from the original Japanese version is that when someone dies, if someone dies in rage and, and they're feeling rage and violent when they die, then it, it, um, it sets off this curse where the, that person is then kind of stuck, like fulfilling their rage on whoever comes into that space where they died next, you know, and it just is this like repetitive thing that won't stop. So it's, so it's usually attached to a house. So basically the new one, I just watched the, I, Ryan mentioned it to me and said, Oh, we're going to go see it. And I'm like, I don't know if I can see it. <laughs> so I watched the trailer and fucking terrifying. Like I, I'm like shaking, <laughs> um, but it is, the exciting part is that it is produced by Sam Raimi. Um, nice. And the director is Nicholas Pesci, who's also the guy who did... Um, I just lost this for a minute. The Eyes of My Mother. Yes, The Eyes of My Mother. Which That's so exciting. All of us saw and love that movie. Yes. So that, you know, that is both exciting and also makes me more nervous. Because <laughs> <laughs> that movie was incredibly disturbing <laughs> as well. Um, but interesting because, you know, that the style of that movie was very like quiet and artsy. Yeah. So I don't know. But the this one. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's a like a real estate. Let me see. I'll tell you the, the thing on it. After a young mother murders her family in her own house, a single mother and a detective try to investigate and solve the case. Later, she discovers the house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter it with violent death. That's not what you want in a house listing. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. I'm equally excited <laughs> that it's being made by people whose movies I like to see, and I'm equally terrified because I don't want to go see it. <laughs> that seems like a reasonable reaction. Yeah, I'm, com- I'm conflicted. Let's see. I did. I Sierra, you reminded me. I thought I hadn't watched any horror to talk about, but I did. And you reminded me of this when you were talking. Um, I saw Ready or Not, which I oh yeah, that was like so you fun. talked about, right? Yes. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Did you familiar. see that in the movies? What was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was. It's about a bride who marries into this like fancy pants um family that has like they have a um what is it games like they're like. They have this, uh, like, long-standing, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, legacy in, in game development. Okay. Um, and she marries into the family and finds out that every every new bride who marries into the family has to, like, pull a card from this, like, scary, cursed box, um, which then sets off, like... That's also not what you want. Right. <laughs> Which then sets off like a, a this big game of hide and seek, basically in the mansion that they live in. Okay, that actually sounds fun. On her wedding night, 
I'm pretty sure, yeah, Sierra talked about it on the show. I don't remember what she said about it, but I think she liked it. I, I'm i sure I said it was very fun because I thought it was very fun. It was. I like this a lot. Like, I was really tense for the beginning of it because I kind of knew what was coming and, like, just waiting for it to happen. You know, you're tense. But um, I also really appreciated the humor in this. There was quite a bit of humor in it that I did not expect. And it was really, really well balanced to where, like, every time you start to feel too tense and, like, it's too upsetting what's happening, then there's a humor. There's, like, there's like a little injection of funny stuff. And then you're like, oh, okay, I'm okay now. <laughs> and then you're really tense again. And then it's like, oh, oh, that's funny. Okay, I'm okay now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it was, this, it was a really great balance, this kind of, like, you know, up and down. There was a nice, really nice rhythm to the whole film. And it's fun. It's got that kind of like aesthetic value of like watching people like run around and hide in this like big old mansion, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like like something that like Rob Zombie. Like <laughs> 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 they're like normal people, but they're really fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially really the fucked grandma up or like the great aunt. Whatever. Oh god, she's nuts. She's she's wacky. Oh, yeah, I would have ran away from that house the minute I saw her sitting in the corner glaring at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of the same feelings in Knives Out. Yeah, not to circle back too far, but that house too is just like both of those houses. Like I want to just look in all of the rooms and right go exploring. I want to see like a map of this house. Like I want to know, mm-hmm. you know, there were so many rooms and like hidden doors they were passing in and out of, and little passageways, and even one of those old dumb waiters. Were you taking notes for if you ever win the lottery? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I've played games in houses like this many times. I'm sure you have too. Nice. Probably. Um, yeah, you would enjoy this, Jackie. You gotta see it. It's a really good final girl. Yeah. Cool. It's uh it's it's got that like very classic, like, you know, last person standing feel, but um with a, a really quirky cast. Very lots of quirky people, weird people in this family. So it was a lot of fun. It was fun, and by the time it was over, I was like, oh, that was really cool. Like, I really enjoyed that, even though I was tense for a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) I just finished season one of Carnival Row. I know I mentioned this in one of our Discord groups, and nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. So, (laughs) I'll tell you guys. Mm. Um, It's a series that I was excited to see. It is... Where did I watch this? It's on Amazon. It's an Amazon Prime show. And it stars uh, Orlando Bloom and I never know how to say this girl's name properly. Cara... Cara Delevingne. Delevingne, yeah. They star in it. It is a very, like, Victorian-style, like, murder mystery is kind of the heart of it. Uh, Orlando Bloom plays an investigator, a very, like, Sherlock Holmes-style investigator. Um, And Cara Delevingne plays a fairy... Um, which is the weird twist is that like it's a it's a world where uh, all these fantasy creatures have to coexist with humans, but the fantasy creatures are all basically treated like immigrants. So there's this like ongoing undercurrent of racism that's being uh, kind of talked about over and over again throughout the show. Um, because these immigrants, because of a war, they all end up living in this city. And people who live there are very upset that they're all, you know, moving into the city. Um, which causes all these kind of weird society issues. Um, anyway, I thought it would be really fun and interesting because I'm just a sucker for fantasy and cool makeup and costumes. And, you know, and I really love like Victorian dark gothic horror. I enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, but it, it's not as good as I hoped it would be. <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about cause it's like, uh, the, the costumes aesthetically, it's, it's beautiful. It's very, it is a little too dark. Sometimes there were times when I couldn't tell what was going on. Cause they just, it was so dark, you know? Um, cause it's just, it's got this very like, uh, you know, Victorian, like dark, grimy, smoky, everything's always like foggy and um, but the costumes are really cool and it's fun to see like all the different fairies and then they have these things called pucks, which are kind of, you know, like big horns and hooves, like hoofed, um, mm-hmm. like hairy hoofed legs, but like upper body of a human. Like satyrs? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh. Uh, satyrs. 
<laughs> it's kind of like what you described. <laughs> yeah, they're like half human, half goat, maybe? Yeah, that's what a satyr is. Okay. Yeah, they have like, uh, like they're hairy from like kind of like the thighs down with like big hooves. And then they have these big like curved horns on top. Um, but they call them pucks in the show. Um, it's interesting. They they have a lot of, it feels like there's a lot of kind of almost like, like made up language for the show. Um, like they call all of the, the creatures, they call them a critch, critches, which is their like, you know, racist term for anything that's not a human. So there's, you know, there's this whole like romance story between uh, Orlando Bloom and Kara's fairy character. I don't know. It's a pretty show. It's just the uh, there's something that doesn't quite work with it. And I, I don't know if it's a matter of that there's just too much going on. Like there's several stories running at the same time. Um, and then there's also like several weird, you know, creatures at the same time that you're trying to like figure out who all the creatures are. Um, and they all have really like intricate names. So it's kind of hard to keep up with who's who. There's like two big rich fam. Jared Harris is in it because he's in everything. He is in everything. He is. There's two big like rich families that are quarreling and there's the politics around them. And then there's the creatures and then there's the, you know, uh, Philo, who's Orlando Bloom's character. Like there's his whole backstory that's constantly being jumped back into. So there's just so much happening at the same time, which I think was a little bit of a big story to try to tackle with a bunch of fantasy creatures, you know? Yes, sounds like too much. It's a lot for like one season to try to keep up on all this stuff. But aesthetically, it's really pretty. And so I'm glad that I watched it. Um, But I think the writing just could have been much cleaner for it. I haven't seen His Dark Materials yet, but I'm really excited about that. I think it's out now. I just haven't had a chance to start it. Do you guys know what that is, His Dark Materials? No, sounds familiar though. It's a HBO show. Um, it stars, um, James McAvoy. Oh, cool. Um, and a bunch of other people. Oh, that's so funny. Cause when I go to the IMBD page, it's got like all the kids listed above all the adults. It takes a while to get down and find them. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is in this. Um, no Jared, no Jared Harris. <laughs> <laughs> it is about, it's based on a series of books. Do you remember the movie, um, The Golden Compass that was out? A while back. Vaguely. Um, it was pretty, that was a pretty fun movie, but it, you know, it didn't, I don't think it went over super well. Kind of died quickly. Um, it's based on a series of books and it is, let me see if I can find an easy way. Uh, a young girl is destined to liberate her world from the grip of the magisterium, which represses people's ties to magic and their animal spirits known as demons. So it's, it's like a lot of kids, um, and if you have magic powers, then you have these animals or odd little creatures that are sort of your familiars and they're attached to you. They're called demons. And there's this whole like group um, of people who are kidnapping these children for nefarious reasons. And the kids are disappearing. Um, and there's a powerful woman at the center of it who kind of finds this young girl who's um, very got very strong magic, and she tries to manipulate her. Um, and um, there's a lot of politics and like different magical groups in the background that are happening. Um, James McAvoy plays her uncle who tries to help her out, but it's it's really fun. It's it's definitely again it's an it's going to be like an aesthetic kind of eye candy thing. There's lots of like you know, animals who have different magic things happening and like big fantastical settings. Um, one of the most re- memorable characters from the golden compass that reappears in here is there's like a, a tribe of like uh, warrior polar bears. They have this like really cool armors and stuff. And they end up like coming to her assistance at some point and helping her fight. Um, and it's really fun to see them. They have, little little ferrets that are their familiars i haven't seen it yet but i've talked to a few clients who have watched it and they say that it's i never read the books but they say that it's much darker this series it's much darker and kind of more brutal which is how the story was the books were so i'm looking forward to seeing it i like the golden compass but it does feel very like you know almost disney-esque 
So I'm excited to see that. And I'm super excited to see Witcher, which is coming out this weekend. And do you guys know what The Witcher is? I think it's based off of the video game, right? Yes. It's okay. based off the, the Witcher 3. The, the Witcher. Yeah. I love The Witcher. I played that. I played the hell out of that game. You know, it looks a little silly, but it's a show based on a video game. So what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Henry Cavill plays Geralt of Rivia. And if you didn't play it, Sierra, it's a, it's a cool video game. It's basically about a, a guy that has... He's like a mutant, and they're born, his his people are born to hunt monsters, and they have all mm-hmm. these special powers that allow them to, like, hunt monsters and use magic, and all of his friends are witches. Uh, most of them are, you know, not totally trustworthy. <laughs> 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 they're sneaky, powerful women. Um, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a playboy, Um at least in the game he is, so I would assume they're going to do that in the show, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know, yeah, it's just a fun, like, a fun, it was always a fun game, like, full of monsters and magic and creepy, creepy, creepy things, and I've heard, I've watched, a, I've read a couple of short reviews about it, and I've heard that, like, I've heard people claiming that the fight uh, choreography in this rivals Game of Thrones. Like oh. that there's like super high quality like fight choreography and like like uncut like long I don't know what they call that where they do like a whole fight oh, a single yeah um that it's really impressive in that way um the production values are really high I think it's going to be a cool show to watch What network um, is it HBO Uh Netflix Oh okay good job yeah. Netflix So they'll be dropping it all on Netflix and then I just have a link in here that I shared with you guys of a fun list that I found. It is a list of the 20 most disturbing Netflix movies. It was just made on December 11th. Uh, it is from a YouTuber. Um, it's called Flick Connection. And we, we, in my house, we've watched quite a few of this guy's videos. I think he's, he's, he's fun to watch. He's not like annoying and ridiculous he just like he really goes through movies like carefully and i like Mm -hmm. that one of the things that i appreciate too is that he's always very clear when he recommends films about if there's something in particular that like people may be triggered by or may be put off by in fact in this list he tells you right at the beginning that he uh puts up a little symbol in the corner like a red x and that x symbolizes that there is um sexual abuse in the film that's good to know yeah, to help kind of like flag it so you know to avoid it. There's one film that's like at the bottom of this list where he specifically says like, this is all about children getting bad things done to them. And so if you have problems with that, I'm like, okay, thanks for letting Thank me know. <laughs> I'll be skipping that one. Jackie's favorite Tusk on there. Yeah, there's several movies on here that we've talked about. I th- everything from like recent ones to like classics, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is on this list. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun list, and there's a couple, of, quite a few on here that I'd never heard of. So, yeah, I just I, I enjoy this guy's YouTube um, channel in general. With we after we put Max to bed, sometimes we'll watch like you know YouTube videos about horror stuff <laughs> <laughs> that we don't want him to see. Um, and his lists are always really fun. What's did you guys ever see? Let me see. There's one on this list that Byron was minded of under the skin. Uh, is that the one with? Um jgl in it uh scarlett johansson no okay no that's not the I one don't i don't remember if we talked about this on the show but we saw it a while back it's a really cool sh- it's a really cool movie it's very like art house um but i forgot about it until he mentioned it on here but uh scarlett johansson plays uh kind of like an alien i guess you could say but they don't really ever tell hmm. you what she is but she's some kind of creature who essentially like lures men and consumes them oh, <laughs> in some like very siren. yeah in some <laughs> kind of like very weird way <laughs> that i don't want to say but uh what's interesting is that he mentioned this uh i definitely recommend seeing it it's very weird and odd uh it's very very quiet horror movie it's one of those ones that like there's not a lot of fast action it's like it just kind of makes you feel like you know like a hair stands up on your arms watching it <laughs> Um, one thing he mentioned I thought was interesting was apparently, according to him, um, 
a lot of the scenes that were filmed in this, what she does is she like drives around in a van and like picks up dudes on the street. <laughs> um, but you can tell she's not a person, you know, like when you watch it, she just feels like a, not a normal person because just the way she speaks, the way she behaves. Apparently she actually went out in a van and talked to strangers on the street. Uh, oh. in, in the making of this film, they said she had like a security team in the back of the van. Uh-huh. Um, that went with her record it and they recorded it and they would Mm -hmm. like and some of the some of the men ended up like acting out like other scenes in the in the film uh, (laughs) to kind of continue their thing but she actually like got out of the van and like got and a few of them got them to actually get into the van a few times uh (laughs) yeah creepy it is creepy (laughs) i never knew that until i watched his video about this i was like what that was real (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the movie, it, it feels like that. It's got a very, like, you know, like, gritty, like, unpolished feeling when you see her outside with the people. And then the rest of it is, like, weird sci-fi, like, imagery. Weird, I don't know. It's really fucking hard to explain. It's like trying to explain Tusk to somebody. It's a weird, <laughs> really weird fucking movie. Um, but fun to see. Uh, so if you guys want to get extra disturbed for the holidays, there's my contribution. Flick Connection. Cool. Yeah. And you can see that guy's list. Well, speaking of holidays, why don't we talk about uh, some uh, some of our favorite holiday movies here? Mine is Rare Exports, which I seriously recommend to anybody looking for um, some holiday horror. Like, literally every time it comes up in conversation, I am that person that's like, but have you seen Rare Exports? <laughs> Rare Exports, I'm just going to read the the ex- excerpt here, because uh, this is one of those kinds of films where you don't want to give it away. Uh, a young boy named P- uh, Pierre Tari and his friend Juso think a secret mountain drilling project near their home in northern Finland has uncovered the tomb of Santa Claus. However, this is a monstrous evil Santa, much unlike the cheery Saint Nick of legend. When Piatari's father captures a feral old man in his wolf trap, the man may hold the key to why reindeer are being slaughtered and children are disappearing. This is like the best concept for a holiday (laughs) horror movie that I think has ever been executed. And it was just, it's just amazing. And have you guys seen the like seven or eight minute short film that this is based off of? No, no, I didn't know it was based off of a short film. Hilarious. I'll send it to you later on. It's fucking hilarious. This that movie is really fun. I like that movie. It's been a long time since I saw it, but when I saw it, I feel like I was very confused about what was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now's the time to revisit it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sierra, what's yours? Well, mine is one that we uh just watched probably about a week ago. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> which I can't watch without like reciting along with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only movie that I know like all of the words to. But you gotta, you gotta watch it, and this is the time. Um, I went to the mall this weekend, unfortunately, and went into Hot Topic, and oh boy, is there a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas stuff in Hot Topic? Oof! Did it look like a uh, Tim Burton went in there and just threw up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um but i i feel like we're getting kind of into the territory of like the nightmare before christmas fans are maybe making me uh not want to like it as much i don't know if you guys feel that way but it's the source material itself is still still super good and worth watching over and over again are you you speaking of its popularity a hot topic Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) mm-hmm Yeah, is it? I mean, I don't know. I'm stubborn about that stuff. I think me popularity too. is not going to make me stop loving something I love. I don't know if you guys know this, but I worked at a Hot Topic for a few years in my late teens, early 20s. Very cool. God, I can't stand. I can't stand Nightmare Before Christmas now. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I get it. It's it's a fun movie, and, like, I'm not going to shit on anybody else's good time and watching it, but it, it's just not for me anymore. I can't. I just can't do it anymore. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, thanks. It, it means a lot. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite, too, but Sierra said it first. <laughs> um, 
I we I actually didn't get to watch it um this year yet, but we were like we had a little memory thing pop up on Facebook recently of Max. Max had a strong period of time where he was demanding that he be called the Pumpkin King. Um, <laughs> he was like, I think it was like three at the time. So every time at di- it's like a little video of him at dinner, like banging his fork on the table and going, "I'm Jack." The Pumpkin King. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he tried to sing, you know, this is Halloween all the time, but he only knew like three of the words, but he would just kind of make stuff up. But so we had a really fun time in my house with that movie. <laughs> um, and he still loves it. So, but we haven't watched it yet this year. Um, I also still love the original animated Grinch. Um, mm-hmm, uh, like yeah. Dr. Seuss, you it's know, classic. Yeah, the classic one. I don't know. There's something about that old animated film that just feels like it's heartwarming and it's sweet, but it's also like somewhat creepy and weird. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's fun. All the little rhymes are really fun. I don't know. I feel like if you want to go with the creepy and weird one, the Jim Carrey one definitely is the one to go with, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's Jim Carrey. So it always like, I always remember that it's Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know? <laughs> um, and the Grinch is just the one from my childhood. So, you yeah. know, those kind of things like strike you differently when you see them as a kid. Very true. And I always love Gremlins too. Yeah. And we actually have a Gremlins Christmas display this year. Very cool. In our window, nobody can see it but us because our house is like way off the road and there's no sidewalks. But um, but I saw it on Instagram. So. Did you see it? Yes, <laughs> it looks very good. Oh, I missed it. I'm gonna have to look for it. We're we're leaving town on Friday and we're not coming back till like New Year's Eve. So we didn't want to do like a whole big Christmas tree. So we have like a little tabletop tree, and then Ryan and Max have um, NECAs, which are like high quality collectibles. And they have a whole bunch of gremlins and they put out a special holiday edition where they're like the gremlins (laughs) are all Christmas caroling. And um, so they took all of their gremlin NECAs and set them up with like fake snow on the windowsill and made a whole gremlin Christmas display. I have a gremlins Christmas sweater that Mondo made a while ago. Nice. That I have to break out uh, the day after Thanksgiving every year. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're going to survive once we leave. Uh, the cats have already, you know, tried chewing on them a few times. <laughs> They've them gotten down. their claws stuck in the snow and then like yanked half of them off the thing. Because <laughs> they're on like a like a picture window. So it's like a big shelf and the cats are used to jumping up there. So, yeah, I don't I think as soon as we leave the house, the cats are going to tear them up. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> I keep saying it's Henry's going to walk away one day because he walks to that window and he sets his like chin down. He rests his, his head on the shelf and looks out the window. Dreaming of what else is out there. <laughs> yeah, like one day he's going to like he's going to like walk away with like a beard attached to his face because the snow is just going to stick to his face. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our that's our Christmas thing this year. Uh, Jackie, you had one more thing you wanted to mention here before we wrap up the show. So um, this is a a fun little thing that I think you guys will get a kick out of here. Um, On Reddit, there are several different uh, horror-related subreddits. There's specifically, you know, r slash horror, the dreaded. Every now and then I'll post, you know, Sirens link links on there, you know, for our 31 Days of Horror or if we have a partic- particularly fun guest episode or, you know, things like that. And, of course, I'm usually pretty uh, vocal in those kinds of forums just in general. Um, I got a message out of the blue one day. This guy saw me posting around and uh, decided to send me a message asking if I would help him find some horror for his wife. He said that he saw my posts and saw that, you know, you know, talk a lot about horror and might seem like I might know what I'm talking about. And he really wants to get his wife into some horror, but she is frightened pretty easily, especially about jump scares. And uh, English is not her first language, uh, so she can't really... She doesn't like to watch things that are, you know, extremely wordy or that rely heavily on um, words for context. So he was asking for recommendations based on few jump scares and as few words as possible. So I went through and 
like I did like a bunch of research and <laughs> gave him this big old list, you know, uh, describing all of these different movies for him and uh, sent them through and also sent him this link here called uh, where's the jump.com, which Melissa, I think you might be interested in that. Oh yeah. It shows you it's, it's just a huge catalog of sites that uh, I'm sorry, a huge catalog of movies. It's a site that uh, shows you when and where uh, all the jump scares are in horror movies. And it's constantly growing, constantly gaining more and more uh, movies on there. Uh, so if you scare easily with jump scares, if, if jump scares bother you, uh, or if you really want a bunch of jump scares, whichever way you want to go with that, <laughs> uh, you can go to wheresthejump.com and see a huge list of uh, movies and where they rank on their jump scare list. Out I'm of the one up right now. Added- <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking one up right now. Yeah. <laughs> It Chapter 2 has 24 jump scares. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. The, Jeez the 2004 grudge has 23. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> yep. That's what I want to know. Give me a good excuse for being terrified of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I really thought that was a, a awesome request. Like, it, it really um, makes me feel awesome when people come to us for specific recommendations when they see our stuff around the internet and like hey we like your stuff or can you can you give us some more information on this kind of thing you know that that warms my little horror heart (laughs) here so i thought you guys might like that yeah that's very nice i like how they have like a whole chart too Mm-hmm. That you can like arrange it according to. Oh, this is interesting. The highest high jump scare movies. If I make this chart to find the highest one, it's The Haunting in Connecticut 2. Interesting. Yeah. Which I was just thinking recently that I wanted to see The Haunting in Connecticut again because I remember liking that when I saw it in the movies. But I never saw two. But the original one's not too far down on the list. It's 26 jump scares. Isn't that what the uh, one of the next Conjuring movies is going to be about? Well, I don't think so. I don't know. The Haunting in Connecticut if... 2 is 2013. Yeah, I can't remember if Haunting in Connecticut is based off of a real... I thought it was. Quote-unquote real. Um, well, that's going to be a deep dive for me tonight on the internet. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I feel like it... I feel like, yeah, I feel like the original one was based on something... It was... It was like a family that lived in a house. They, I just remember a kid was like in the basement. His bedroom was in the basement and it was like where the funeral home used to be. Yeah. And there were like creepy windows on the one wall that used to be the doors to the, to the funeral home. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Wikipedia, promotional material for the film claimed that it was based on true events experienced by the Snedek... Sedector. Okay. S N E D E K E R. How do you how do you do S N N? Snedecker family? I would assume the N might be silent in that case. Yeah. Right? Sedecker? Okay. Ed and Lorraine Warren claimed that their house was a former was a former funeral home where morticians regularly practiced necromancy and that what? there was a power, supernatural force at work what? that was cured by an exorcism. Da, 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 da. However, according to the skeptical investigator Benjamin Radford, there is little to no proof that anything supernatural occurred at that house. Ben just coming in, ruin everybody's time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it is Ed and Lorraine, but I don't think it's the one that um, the next conjuring is based off. That one's the one that, like, actually they went to court saying, like, no, you were uh, possessed by a demon, so you can't be tried oh the right the devil made me do it that case mm-hmm. okay all right i gotcha there's just so many cases that ed and lorraine had a hand in i know right oh my god jackie i'm gonna be looking at this website until like midnight and then I i'm know. gonna be mad at you when i wake up tomorrow morning i will i will take that blame <laughs> <laughs> Like, damn it, I sat up all night watching clips of jump scares. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for all the support, my little demons. 
And I promise you that if you hang in there until we return to you in 2020, which we will, don't worry, we'll have so much more awesomeness to share. Keep in touch with us via Twitter at Sirens Podcast, uh, Instagram and Facebook, Sirens of Scream, and email us at sirens at sirensofscream.com. You can also go back and hear all of our episodes right back to the very first one at sirensofscream.com. And until next time, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep.